All right. We are locked and loaded. And uh, we are studying a lesson about the 12 apostles. Uh, They were first called uh, disciples, and as he sent them forth, he uh, called them apostles. And we said last week that that's what apostle means. It comes from a uh, Latin word, missio, which means to send out or sent ones. And can any of you, uh, do you know uh, the names of the three disciples we talked about last week? And I I don't know if you were able to get online and get that uh, handout. But uh, we, we talked about three disciples last week. They were called Christ's inner three. I gave you a hint there that uh, they were all three at the Mount of Transfiguration. They were all three at the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. And they were all three with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. They uh, were called away with Christ to pray uh, for His uh, time of temptation. And so... Uh, Jim Stovall says, Oh man. Peter, James, and John. Ding, ding, ding. We've got a winner. Uh, Jim Stovall says, Peter, James, and John. And that is absolutely correct. And so if you're able to, uh, if you have uh, the handout on a piece of paper and you want to write in the answers, I gave you six or eight blanks tonight. And the first three blanks are Peter, James, and John. We usually talk about them in that order. And so tonight, uh, as we turn to uh, Matthew, the 19th chapter, uh, we're going to look at uh, where Jesus addresses all 12 of them, and he gives them this promise. And so we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. We've got three or four verses here. Matthew 19, 27. So let's, let's get into a Bible study. Let's have a little fun and uh, see what the Lord would show us tonight in uh, Matthew 19, 27. Then, Peter sa- uh, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? That's a good question, isn't it? And Jesus said unto the, to them, so Peter's answering the question, uh, Lord, what are you going to do for us? Uh, we left everything to follow you. Uh, wh- what do we get out of it? And so he answers not only Peter, but all them. He says, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit on upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many of them, uh, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And so those that have uh, forsaken all, and they've left uh, homes, and lands, and relatives, and loved ones for Christ's sake, they're going to be rewarded a hundredfold, and, uh, but the 12, he gave us the 12 in verse 28, he gave him this promise that in the regeneration, that, that's a key word, regeneration, that, that those very 12 disciples that are called apostles, they're going to be resurrected and he's going to put them on 12 thrones when he sits on his throne and rules and reigns in Jerusalem 
for a thousand years. So uh, I gave you another blank there. Uh, the word regeneration is only in our Bible two times. The other time is in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. And I'll give you it and then we'll make this uh, definition. But uh, Titus 3 5 says, Not of works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so uh, that was verses 5 through 7 of Titus 3. And he, he talks about the washing of regeneration. That, that's a, that was our salvation. And so one place he uses regeneration with the twelve. He says, uh, he, he refers to a time that they are going to, the nation of Israel is going to be reborn and, uh, and the twelve apostles would be ruling and reigning on twelve thrones and we believe that that happens in the millennium. And so uh, with you and I, in Titus, it's, it talks about when we get saved and we get born again, uh, He washes us and uh, renews the Holy Ghost inside of us, and we have, we're born again, we have this new life, and He, he calls that a regeneration. And uh, if you break down that word re, uh, re is like again, so we say born again, so they're regenerated, and uh, uh, ge- generated has to do with not only a generation, but uh, even the word genesis, like beginning. And so uh, if, if you have a handout and you want to put this in the blank, just, it means uh, being, uh, it's like genesis again, or again genesis. And uh, that, that's really cool because in the millennium, the curse is going to be lifted. It's going to be like a Garden of Eden, a paradise earth, and Christ is going to be on the throne, and the twelve apostles are going to... That's just going to be crazy to me to see the apostles. And uh, we'll be re- ruling and reigning with Christ ourselves, but we're going to you know, be able to go to Jerusalem and see Peter, James, and John, as well as these other nine... Uh, godly men that we're going to talk about tonight and uh, anyway I just thought that was a very relevant verse and so I like this study Uh, regeneration is only in our Bible twice once for when uh, the nation of Israel is born again once in Titus for where we're born again the church is and uh, I think both the context is that we're going to rule and reign with him and the apostles uh, are also going to sit on thrones and rule and reign with Christ. So, um, all right. So, when I did jail ministry, we're, we're going to talk about these other nine. Uh, I, I think probably everybody's heard of Peter, James, and John, but uh, you you might be have a hard time thinking of two or three others. Uh, at best, we could probably all name six of the of the disciples, but we're going to talk about the other nine and. Uh, in a way, uh, they kind of labored in obscurity, didn't they? Uh, they were just as devout. They were just as faithful, uh, except for Judas Iscariot, of course. But uh, when I was doing jail ministry with David Cundiff, uh, uh, kudos to you, David. Uh, haven't seen you for a little bit. Uh, hopefully see you again soon. But uh, one of the things he said 
because uh, he was working a, a job full time and we were trying to minister and we were giving people rides and, uh, you know, taking people here and there. And we were, we were going pretty hard. We were in the jail every week. And uh, he made this statement and it kind of stuck with me. He said, he said, Steve, sometimes I think it's maybe easier to be a, a quote unquote full time missionary on a foreign field where you can just be really fully devoted to the ministry uh, rather than to be, you know, serving the Lord in a, in a lay person capacity, trying to work a job, trying to do full-time ministry. You've got a lot of distractions. Maybe you got, uh, 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 you're married, you may have kids. So you got all these things pulling at you. And he, he felt like maybe it's harder to do that. And so I guess I look at these other uh, disciples a little bit, maybe more like that, or I guess I identify with uh, what David was talking about. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not an ordained pastor. I'm a lay pastor. and uh, But I feel like I'm doing mostly full-time ministry as well as a full-time job. And I've got kids and grandkids and uh, I'm married. And uh, so there's many distractions and it's uh, easy to become weary and well-doing. And we... We know we should not do that, but anyway, uh, let's talk about these other nine. If you have the handout, uh, if you'll look at the right-hand column, of there's a, there's a little uh, table there, and the first three names on the right-hand column is Peter, James, and John, and the fourth one is Andrew. And uh, the Bible tells us that Andrew is uh, Peter's brother, and if you want to look at John chapter 1 with me, I'm going to read a, a few verses from John chapter 1 about Andrew. Uh, he was uh, really the first disciple that Christ called. He's the son of Jonah. Uh, Jonah, he's the brother of Peter. Uh, Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. We'll read about that here in just a minute. Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. And uh, I made mention of that last week, how that all these disciples, they were at uh, the baptism of Jesus. And uh, I believe they were all baptized because they were being prepared for uh, the Messiah to come. And they believed John the Baptist uh, preaching. I, I feel like they were just like we are now, that they were anticipating uh, the Messiah's coming. And, and with you and I, um, we're anticipating his second coming, are we? And uh, l- let me make one distinction here while I'm thinking about it. I meant to put this in my notes, but uh, one of the biggest questions the disciples had to answer was, who is Jesus Christ? Because Christ even asked them that uh, a few, uh, more than once, I think. And of course, Peter gave the answer as, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And... Uh, Christ told him that flesh and blood had not revealed that to him, but uh, the Father in heaven did. And uh, and even when Jesus met the woman at the well, uh, he he told her, uh, she said, you know, we're looking for the Messiah. And Jesus said, I am he that speaketh with you. And he told the, the scribes and Pharisees, uh, before Abraham was, I am. He, he makes, so Jesus uh, openly said that he was the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He was uh, uh, equal with God, and he was God in the flesh. That's what uh, John uh, uh, chapter 1 says. Uh, but I think what I wanted to mention is 
uh, at his first coming, the disciples were confronted with, who is Jesus? And for us, it's not as much the who, it's the what. I mean, we have to believe Jesus was the Messiah, but we also have to believe what he did. And that's the gospel. It's that Jesus Christ died for us. He was buried. He rose again. And uh, according to the scriptures. And so that, that's important that we know the gospel that he died, the Bible says, for our sins. And uh, that he uh, was buried and that he uh, rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So um, anyway, uh, with the disciples, they, they had to uh, be confronted with who is Jesus? Well, he was the Messiah. He was sent from God. And uh, we have to be confronted with not only who he is, but what he did. And so that, that's, that's the good news. That is the gospel. And so Andrew here, in uh, John 1 and verse 40, it says, One of the two which heard John speak, that's talking about John the Baptist, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which by is by interpretation a stone. And so there's uh, Andrew. We, we should all have the heart of Andrew to bring people to Jesus. Come and see. This is the Messiah. We found him. Not only have we found uh, the one we've been waiting for, but uh, we on this side of the cross, we, we know what he's done for us. So that's Andrew. He was a follower of John the Baptist. He was a fisherman. And he returned to his fishing until his call with his brother uh, Peter. Andrew is listed as one of the twelve. Andrew is mentioned uh, in uh, all four mentions of the twelve. And uh, traditions say that he was of the tribe of Reuben, that he was uh, he helped evangelize Sikatha. Uh, Psych- Psych- I'm probably not saying saying that right, uh, but he became Russia's patron patron saint. So he uh, his ministry, as far as tradition says, uh, led him uh, up into uh, Russia. And this says that he was stoned and crucified in Greece. And I I think that's where Scythica is. So, uh, anyway, uh, traditions say that he was martyred in that way for his faith. He was stoned, and I don't know if that didn't kill him or what, but then they crucified him. uh, And it was in Greece. So, that's uh, Andrew. So, now we've talked about Peter, James, and John, and now Andrew. And now let's talk about Philip. There's actually a uh, couple of Philips in the Bible. Uh, This Philip was a native of Bethsaida in Galilee. We lost the audio. I don't know why. Was it because we have a phone call? Maybe. Now what? Um, Can you stop it and restart it? I'd lose it. We're having some technical difficulties here because I had a phone call 
during this uh, standby. Can you hear me now? Test, test, test. We just kind of unplugged it and started again. He said I checked the external mic connection in the phone, so we did that. Can you hear me now? It's behind a little, so. Test, 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 test. For a sec. Test, test, test. Okay. All right. Um, I tried to call my mother this morning. I think that was my mother calling me back, so that may be why we lost. So uh, anyway, Philip, he was a native of Bethsaida in Galilee, and uh, it's it's cool for me when I hear the word Galilee now because because I was there. I was at the Sea of Galilee and. Uh, just north of Galilee is where uh, Caper uh, Capernaum or Capernaum is at. And uh, tradition is, uh, has it that uh, he was the one who requested of Jesus that he might first go and bury his father. And so uh, Matthew 8, 21 and 22 uh, speak of that. Uh, it doesn't mention that uh, that was Philip, but some speculate that it was. Uh, Jesus invited Philip uh, in John uh, 1.43. Huh. I'm right here in John. Maybe you are too. Let me just read that. The following day, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. So... He probably knew Andrew and Peter. <clears throat> and then Philip findeth Nathanael. And he saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so uh, this is Philip. Uh, after Philip comes to Christ, he invites others to, to come and see. So uh, just like Andrew brought uh, Peter to see Jesus, Philip brought Nathaniel uh, to see Jesus. And uh, we'll talk about Nathaniel here in just a minute. Uh, my notes actually say that there's four Philips in the Bible. There's only two of them that are uh, primarily talked about. One was the apostle, and the other was the, the evangelist. Uh, one was before Pentecost, and then the other was after Pentecost, uh, is Philip the evangelist. But this was Philip the, the, the apostle. And he's the one that we find here in John chapter 1, verses 43 and 45. And uh, tradition tells us that uh, Philip uh, died as a martyr in Her Heropolis. And I'm not sure where that's at or where, if I'm saying it right. But that, that's Philip. So we've talked about uh, 
Peter, James, and John last week, and now Andrew and Philip a little bit this week. And uh, now I want to talk to you about Thomas. He's also called Didymus, uh, which means the twin. Uh, it means twin or the, the twin. And, uh, you know, just growing up, we, we've heard about a doubting Thomas. And, uh, but I want to look at the Bible and see if that's uh, really true. If you want to look with me, uh, we, uh, well, let's just look at the John chapter 20. This is where uh, Thomas did doubt. <clears throat> John 20. And verse uh, 24. This is a famous passage here. It says, uh, John 20, verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, uh, was not with them when Jesus came, came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so that's why uh, Thomas has been called Doubting Thomas. Uh, he didn't believe. He said, the only way I'm going to believe is if I can uh, you know, put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I'm not going to believe. But uh, it says that after eight days, so eight days uh, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus to the... Uh, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And then Thomas gives this great response, and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And so, uh, uh, so we haven't seen Christ physically, and uh, Jesus is saying we're more blessed to believe in him because we have not seen, uh, but Thomas was allowed to see and even touch the risen Savior. And, uh, but even before that, uh, I, I don't think of Thomas as, as a coward or as uh, <clears throat> um, Christ tells him not to be faithless. So uh, evidently he did lack some faith here. But in uh, John 11, <clears throat> when uh, Lazarus died and Jesus was going to go there, uh, it says in John 11 and verse 16, Then saith Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And so Thomas was ready to go uh, to Bethsaida, <clears throat> which is where Lazarus was, which is near Jerusalem. And he was ready to die with his fellow disciples. He's like, you know, he's leading the charge. So Thomas is uh, not cowardly. Uh, he was uh, very brave. And, uh, of course, one of the twelve. And uh, the other time, I forgot till I was looking at this, the famous passage, I bet every one of you listening could... Uh, quote John 14 verse 6 <clears throat> where Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life uh, but <clears throat> Thomas 
in verse 5, the, the verse right before that, the Bible says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so that's uh, the verse that uh, we used when we went to London, England, to witness on the street. We were telling people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we were just telling them what the Bible says. And uh, so that's what the Lord told Thomas. So at least three times in the Bible, Thomas is mentioned here. And uh, uh, just a little bit of tradition and history for you here. Thomas is supposed to, excuse me, to have labored in India and left and uh, left many Christian converts there. He it was here that uh, idle priests tortured him with red hot plates, then cast him into an oven, which had no effect on him. Then they pierced him with spears while in the furnace until he died. Saint Jerome says that his body, unconsumed, was buried in a town called uh, Kalamina. And so that's in uh, India. And when we were in India, uh, Pastor Pradeep Lima said the same thing, uh, that their history records that uh, for them, of uh, Thomas, the apostle, uh, going into India and giving his life for Jesus Christ there. All right. Uh, next on my list is Bartholomew. And uh, uh, many scholars, and, and, and I personally believe this too, it is believed that uh, Bartholomew and Nathaniel are one and the same person. Um, I'm probably not going to say this word right, but uh, they say that Bartholomew is a patronomic name for Nathaniel. So they believe that, uh, and so Nathaniel is talked about in John chapter 1. So we don't know a lot about Bartholomew. We know a little bit more about Nathaniel, and he's even mentioned, I think, later on in John. And so uh, those, yeah. Yeah, in chapter 21, verse 2, it says something about him too. So uh, he is the brother of Philip. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I bet one of you yawned and then uh, you jinxed me. So uh, he was supposed to have preached in Syria, Phrygia, and India. Finally, being tied to a cross head down, he was beaten to death and beheaded by King Astages in Armenia. And so that was the fate of Bartholomew, of him giving his life, or Nathaniel. Um, and so that, that, that's Bartholomew. And so uh, if you remember, I told you uh, last time that all of these 12 men were martyred, martyred for Jesus Christ. And they went to the grave believing not only who Jesus is and was, but uh, also what he did, that he was uh, died and for our sins and he was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures uh, the next disciple I want to discuss is uh, Matthew this is probably my favorite disciple uh, partly because I teach uh, the book of Matthew in our HBI course uh, I should give you a candy bar bonus question here if you can tell me 
what is his other name that he goes by? Matthew is also called who in the Bible? <clears throat> he wrote a book of our Bible. Uh, actually, only <clears throat> only uh, two of the twelve apostles wrote uh, the four. Uh, two of the four Gospels. So uh, Matthew was a disciple, but uh, Mark, or John Mark, was uh, not one of the twelve, and Luke was uh, not one of the twelve, but John was. Oh, Brian Parrott, I guess Levi, but Brian's mad at me because I didn't give him a, a candy bar when I saw him on Friday night. But I told him I have So now I owe you two or three. So... And Jim owes you two or three. So, anyway, the answer is Levi. Matthew is also called Levi, and uh, Jim could probably tell you why. I'm guessing uh, that Levi is probably his Hebrew name, and maybe Matthew is his Greek name. But uh, it, his uh, the, the name Matthew means gift of Jehovah, and the name Levi means joined. The name Levi means joined, and. Um, that, that's uh, we know there's a tribe called Levi, but uh, there's also Jim guessed Levi also after Brian. He says Brian looked on his paper. Ah, Brian Parent copied off Jim uh, Stovall, so we may have to lose a uh, candy bar for that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I was going to mention. Uh, just Levi meaning joined and uh, we uh, there's a, a creature spoken about in uh, Job chapter 41 called Leviathan and also in Psalms and also in Isaiah I think three times the name Leviathan is in the Bible and uh, so the Levi is the first part of Leviathan it means joined and Leviathan has scales that are very tightly joined together and so maybe that's why he's called Leviathan. Um, and, and I think uh, a thon, like, like python, Leviathan, uh, has to do, uh, a thon means coiled up. So joined together and coiled up is what Leviathan means. Um, but anyway, Matthew, also called Levi, he was the follower of Jesus Christ. And he was called from the receipt of customs. He was a publican. Uh, he was also a disciple. He was a, an apostle. Uh, I already said he, he was a publican. Uh, he was an employee of the Roman government till he was called. He was ordained to be with Jesus. And he was sent forth to preach and to heal and to cast out devils. Uh, Matthew was a very modest man. Uh, and the reason I say that is he made no mention of his name in the great feast that he made. <coughs> uh, uh, but Mark records it, and so does Luke know that that feast was held at Matthew's house. And so I picture Matthew is very benevolent. And maybe he had spent some time, uh, you know, cheating people out of their money for the Roman government or what he could put in his pocket. And so he, uh, once he came to Christ, he put together this big, lavish feast and invited a lot of people there. And when it records that in Matthew, he doesn't mention that it was at his house, but Mark and Luke do. 
Uh, Matthew might have been least uh, one of the least known of the apostles if it weren't for the book that he wrote that bears his name. And uh, uh, so that's a little bit about Matthew. Uh, he was supposed to have preached in Judea for 15 years before going to Ethiopia and some other lands after that. Uh, he may have suffered martyrdom or he may not. There's a little, uh, little bit of uh, tradition uh, varies on that. But if he, if he suffered a martyrdom, it was in Ethiopia, and they believe he was killed with a sword wound. He was killed with a sword. So I don't know if that means he was beheaded or what, but uh, some traditions say that he was martyred in that way. <clears throat> and so here's my teaching point for Matthew is that uh, at least twice he was called a publican, and uh, as Levi, he was uh, sitting at the receipt of custom, and uh, he was a sinner that was saved and called by Jesus, but uh, he was given a new name, Levi, and he was given a new mission. He was to become an apostle. And so that, that sounds a lot like us. So, uh, you know, just as Rahab was called Rahab the harlot, uh, Matthew was called Matthew the publican. And so some of his old sinful habits followed him, and people knew him by that. But uh, he spent the rest of his life proving that he was a new man, and he was now a follower of Jesus Christ, and he uh, was sent forth and lived his life for Christ and recorded uh, the book of Matthew, which some believe is the most read book of the whole Bible. So uh, we're thankful for Matthew and his contribution and his dedication and uh, example for us. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is James, the son of Alphaeus. There are, gosh, I think six different James in the Bible. <clears throat> but uh, 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 one was uh, the Lord's brother. But this James is called James, the son of Alphaeus. And uh, it's interesting, I don't know if he was Matthew's brother, but Matthew's dad was also called Alphaeus. So I don't know if uh, that, that was a common name or if perhaps he, this guy was a, a, a brother to uh, Matthew or not. But uh, <clears throat> uh, his mother was named Mary. <clears throat> and uh, we're going we're to look this up. Look up Mark chapter 15. I'm going to look it up here on my computer. Mark chapter 15. This is uh, at the cross of Christ. Mark 15. Whoop. And let's all look at verse 40. Mark 15, 40. So, <clears throat> it says, Mark 15, 40, there were also women looking on afar off among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the Less and of Joses, uh, Joses and Salome. So uh, this James, his mother was Mary and they called him James the Less. And I think uh, at least uh, historically we think of uh, Peter, James and John and that James was, you know, the more famous one, and so this James was maybe less, uh, lesser known. Or, uh, but uh, the thing I was reading is that maybe this James was just a little bit smaller man, and 
he was just less big as the other James. So for whatever reason, uh, th he's called James the Less to distinguish him from the other uh, James. And uh, uh, anyway, not much else is known about James other than his father, Alphaeus. And tradition says uh, that Alphaeus... Uh, you know, I'm not sure if I wrote uh, how this James was uh, died. Let's see. I apologize. Maybe that's all I was going to say about James. I, I thought I had some other notes on him. So, uh, anyway, the next one I want to talk about is uh, the man whose surname was Thaddeus. Uh, th this apostle had three names. He was called Judas, but he was also called Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus. So uh, there's uh, uh, Thaddeus and Lebius has a little bit, it uh, sounds a little bit like Judas, but anyway, uh, he was probably the least known of all the apostles, but he had three names, and Thaddeus means one that praises or man of heart. And so this uh, man loved the Lord. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was one of the twelve. <clears throat> and uh, this says that uh, Judas was the brother of James. He was also the son of Alphaeus. And he was supposed to have labored in Persia. Jim has to have him lived and died. Oh, really? He said he lived and died in Jerusalem. James? At the age of 94, he was stoned and killed by the Jews. His brains were dashed out with a cliff. We read that. Jim Stovall has uh, information on James. He lived and died in Jerusalem. At the age of 94, he was stoned and killed by the Jews. His brains were dashed out with a club. Wow. And uh, I'm looking at myself. So now you're looking at me, looking at me. That's like in a hallway of mirrors. So uh, thank you, Jim. So that was a little bit about James the Less, the son of Alphaeus, and evidently the brother of uh, Thaddeus or Lebius or Judas. Uh, him and James were uh, brothers. But this Judas was uh, supposed to have labored in Persia and uh, Persia is like modern-day Iran, Iraq, uh, in that area, in Syria. And... Oh. I thought you said Syria. Oh. <laughs> uh, my other phone thought I said Syria. But I said Syria. But anyway, uh, he labored in the Persian area. And uh, he was beaten to death by pagan priests. So... The pagans didn't like his preaching, and uh, they beat him to death. So Judas was also martyred for our Lord. Uh, just got a couple more uh, apostles here. The next one is Simon, the Canaanite. He's called Zelotes. Uh, he, Simon was evidently uh, from around the Cana in Galilee area. And uh, just a little bit of side note about zealots. We've, we've heard about uh, zealots. Um, maybe someone who is zealous but uh, zealots were noble hearted men who loved their own land and cherished it, their belief in its righteous independence so they were just uh, very patriotic 
and it which uh, made for foreign infant which made any foreign interference or dominion hateful so they were very strong for their uh, independence and their homeland and their zeal for the laws of God which were their national laws uh, the guardian and source of their independence and liberty they, it attracted a lover of freedom such as Simon so Simon the Canaanite is also called uh, Simon Zelotes or Simon the Zealot and uh, he was drawn to the Zelotes just uh, for their lover of their country and freedom and uh, Simon never ceased to be a zealot after his conversion. And so he uh, zealously followed the Lord just like he zealously was once uh, very patriotic. And uh, uh, I have a co-worker who's an electrician and he's in, uh, he's in, a, uh, he's in a union. And uh, as I think of him, I think of many uh, people like him, but my co-worker... Uh, uh, he's very patriotic and he's very zealous. In fact, uh, you know, he, he's the kind of guy, he's kind of a country boy. He's got uh, a whole arsenal of guns and uh, he's ready to uh, defend his country and his home. And uh, he's very zealous. He's not uh, a safe man yet, to my knowledge. Uh, he, he told me that he was uh, starting to read the Bible some a year or two ago. I need to follow up with him some more. But. Uh, Anyway, uh, once a person like that gets saved and on, he gets on fire for the Lord, he zealously follows the Lord. And uh, tradition says, there's a, I don't know if this is a book, it's called The Golden Legend, but it says that he was martyred in Persia in uh, 65 AD uh, for his faith. So uh, anyway, that's a little bit about Simon Zelotes, Simon the Zealot. And... Uh, my teaching point here, I left you a blank if you have your handout. Uh, my teaching point is that we should all be zealous of spiritual gifts. That's in 1 Corinthians 14.22. The Bible says uh, to, about being zealous of spiritual gifts. and So we all should be zealous toward the Lord. We should be uh, uh, very uh, devout or focused on serving the Lord and receiving, uh, exercising our spiritual gifts. So, uh, the last one of the twelve, uh, actually I'll talk about two more, uh, uh, Judas Iscariot and then Matthias, which took Judas' place. Uh, but Judas Iscariot, he was uh, the only one of the twelve who was not a Galilean. I guess I don't have here where he was from, actually. But all the other 11 were from the Galilee area. But uh, he was the treasurer of the, of the apostles. It says that in three, three or four places where uh, he kept the purse, it says. So they had, uh, when they were uh, to go out and buy food and such, they, they gave, uh, I guess, Judas Iscariot their money. And he went and made transactions for the 12. Uh, John 12 actually calls him a thief, though. This was not the kind of guy you wanted to be a treasure. And so uh, I know our church is very careful with uh, who handles the money and uh, just uh, make sure that, uh, that our, uh, even our church secretary is not a gossip or anything like that who has access to uh, church records and monies. 
but uh, Judas betrayed our Lord. So I always make a distinction between Peter, who denied the Lord. Like, I don't know the guy, but Judas betrayed. He was actually a traitor. He actually sold the Lord uh, to his enemies for 30 pieces of silver. And so that's his crime. And this crime was predicted in the Old Testament. And so uh, if you would, look in your Old Testament, Psalms chapter 109. Psalms 109. We only got about 10 minutes here left. But let's look at this together. Um, Job said, carry off Edom area. Okay. Uh, that's where uh, Judas is carried is from around, uh, what did you say it was? Edom? Carry off Edom area. Carry off the Edom area. So thank you for that, Jim. <clears throat> All right, Psalm 109, verse 5. Psalm 109, verse 5, uh, 5 through 8. Uh, this is a messianic psalm. <clears throat> it's a prophecy of the Messiah. It says, And they have rewarded me evil for good and hated for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his be prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. So there's a prophecy here of this one that's uh, condemned and Satan is at his right hand and uh, he is condemned. It says, let another take his office. And that's what the apostles used to replace him in the number of, of the twelve. So Judas Iscariot, uh, he made this bargain for 30 pieces of silver. And even that was foretold in the, by the prophet Zechariah. In Zechariah 11, 12, uh, he was prophesied to betray the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. So uh, all of these things are prophecies about his first coming. And the chief priest, if you'll look at Matthew now, go back to Matthew chapter 27. I want to read to you about uh, what happened to Judas Iscariot. Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to look at verse 3, 27, 3, through, um, or 5 through 8. We're going to read Matthew 27, 5 through 8. So after uh, Judas had betrayed the Lord and the Lord was in custody, uh, Judas came back to the chief priest with his 30 pieces of silver. It says in verse 5, And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. So Judas Iscariot uh, killed himself uh, by hanging. It says in verse 6, And the chief priest took the the silver pieces and said it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood and they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day and uh, that was that was made mention of when I was in Israel there's a place called the potter's field and uh, I apologize, I don't, 
uh, it was hard to take everything in, and I, I wish I would have taken notes better and uh, looked upon it, but I believe it was right outside Jerusalem there. But uh, uh, the Bible says that Peter, that Judas, uh, he... Uh, he, uh, the, the devil actually entered into him and he sopped with the Lord at the, at the Last Supper and Jesus told him, you know, what thou doest, do quickly. And he went out and he got the chief priests together so that when they were on the Mount of Olives at the Garden of Gethsemane uh, praying in the night, uh, Judas was actually uh, possessed with the devil and is called a devil uh, the devil entered into him and uh, John uh, 13 is actually uh, calls him I believe it's John 13 uh, after the washing of the feet that uh, he's called the son of perdition and that's actually uh, what uh, the book of Revelation calls the Antichrist it calls him the son of perdition or uh, perdition means damnation and so this Judas Iscariot uh, he makes this false repentance and he confesses that he betrayed innocent blood but he doesn't confess it to the Lord and uh, he is just uh, uh, the devil kills his own and uh, so uh, anyway uh, some believe that uh, this potter's field uh, gives the devil some kind of legal right at uh, the second uh, when, when the Antichrist comes back he he has this potter's field, and he has legal claim to some land in in Israel, uh, near Jerusalem, right outside. And so there's a, there's a lot of things about the Antichrist and the second coming that connects so well with this first coming, and Judas Iscariot. So rather the Antichrist is Judas Iscariot reincarnated, uh, resurrected, or just the spirit of Judas. Uh, being the Antichrist and this uh, son of perdition. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's a little bit about that. But uh, my teaching point here, I gave you another blank. Uh, and my quote is, it's possible, it's possible to be associated with Jesus, to hear his gracious words, to witness his wonderful works, and even do wonderful works like Judas did, and yet refuse him in our hearts and be ultimately lost. So the word lost goes in your blank there. It, it, it is possible. And uh, uh, I myself, that's part of my testimony. I actually went to church 31 years of my life. I heard about Jesus. Uh, I learned about the Bible. I was around uh, Christian people. And yet uh, I even... I put together a lesson. I, I, I dare say I preached once a month in a church for 12 years before I was born again. And uh, so I can identify with uh, Judas in that way that uh, it's a miserable path to claim to be a Christian without being saved. And uh, I remember uh, one of my first, I did a little bit of circuit preaching uh, here and there, uh, three or four times maybe. And one of them was at a church near my hometown. And I remember giving a lesson. Uh, I, I was saved then. I, I preached at this little church. And I remember a lady coming up to me afterwards. And she said, Steve, 
I don't know if I'm saved or not. And I helped lead her to Christ. And I later found out uh, she was one of the Sunday school teachers there. And so uh, that happened. I preached in a church without being saved. This lady led Sunday school. She was not saved. Uh, I know a church I went to go used to go to. One of the deacon's wives later got saved. She she went out and helped start our church in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, and uh, she later got saved. And so, uh, if you're listening to me right now, uh, make sure you're saved. Make sure you're born again. You can know the Bible says. And so uh, you just have to believe the gospel and uh, ask the Lord to save you and uh, forgive you of your sins if you uh, believe, believe the gospel. And uh, so the last one here in the time I got remaining is Matthias. And he was uh, numbered up with the eleven after Judas hung himself. And that's in Acts one twenty six. The eleven cast lots between them. Uh, and it was between him and Joseph called Barsabas, surnamed Justice, and Matthias, based on the prophecy out of uh, Psalm uh, 109 and also Psalm 69, uh, he was chosen. The lot fell upon Matthias. And tradition says that Matthias was one of the 70 mentioned in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. And so and when Jesus sent out the 70, they think Matthias was one of them. And a tradition says that the apostle chosen to replace the traitor Judas Iscariot, he was stoned and then beheaded, probably in Ethiopia. And so that's a little bit about him. And my teaching point there is just it's possible to be following Christ faithfully for years and then be called upon to serve him in a greater way. And so uh, maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been following the Lord faithfully for years, and yet Christ is calling you up to serve in a greater way like he did Matthias so these are the 12 these are the 12 men that will be we will see them one day brothers and sisters sitting on the 12 thrones uh, beside the Lord's throne uh, ruling and judging the, the 12 tribes of Israel so uh, just a conclusion here to conclude um, um, I, I want to just share uh, kind of the the era, uh, 28 years ago, I was saved. And uh, my father on the board is Royal Sloggenbush. Uh, yeah, I'll say that three times. Um, but he led me to Christ in Peculiar, Missouri. And uh, another man that you may know is Mark Lockwood. Uh, him and Lisa Lockwood discipled my wife and I. And uh, we were going to a church that I look at now as a church in revival. Everybody was getting discipled. Everybody was sharing their faith. There were corporate Bible studies going on. I helped lead and go to one later on. Uh, uh, people were getting baptized. Missionaries were going out. And so it was really just a time of revival. And uh, I remember, uh, I think I told you last time, a lady out of the Pentecostal church, she came to this church. We, uh, some of you know uh, Brian Clark. Him and his wife moved to Kansas City to learn the Bible. Uh, maybe if you're listening, you know Roger and Christina Heath. They actually left, I think it was Georgia, uh, North Carolina, one of the eastern states. They moved to Kansas City area to learn the Bible. Uh, people were just, uh, it was a, just uh, a big church, and we loved the Word of God. We were being taught the Word of God. 
I was, Angie and I were being discipled. Uh, I was witnessing and sharing my faith uh, daily, if not weekly. I was learning to read. I was reading the Bible. Uh, when, I, when I went into the jail, I remember saying this with David Cudniff, and he, he was really set back. But uh, I, told, I told the group that night, uh, I had been saved for 17 years at the time, so that was 11 years ago. I told them I could probably count on one hand the number of days that I failed to read my Bible. And uh, I believe that was true. And uh, to my shame, I can't say that's true. Uh, although I read the Bible almost every day, I don't do it every day. Uh, but I'm getting the Bible in me uh, through, uh, you know, podcasts and different things. I'm listening to two or three sermons a week, uh, going to two or three uh, services a week. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, so that was discipleship to me, and we were beginning to disciple others. And I want to give you, this is kind of a Mother's Day verse out of Titus. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians. There's something here that I think of uh, that we would do well to learn as disciplers, uh, thinking about mothers. Look at 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. And uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're almost through here. And verse 4, this is Brian Hedges' uh, life verse, 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. It says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. That's Brian's verse. Just He feels like he's being put in trust with the gospel. He says, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. And then verse 7 is what I want to think of as Mother's Day. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Uh, verse 8, so being effectually desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto you, of it, unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. And so uh, uh, Paul and the other, uh, uh, as an apostle, he cherished the people of Thessalonica because they were dear to him. And he uh, uh, cherished them as a nurse. And I think of a nursing mother, and uh, maybe you've heard this illustration before, but uh, a nursing mother has to take on about a thousand calories she has to eat for two. She has to take on about a thousand calories per day as she nurses her child. And uh, as a discipler, as we uh, disciple others, we need to take in the word of God. We need to have more than what we need so we can give out to others. We need to be like a sponge and soak in the word of God and be able to wring it out to others. And so that's one of my favorite discipleship verses uh, to to uh, nurse uh, and cherish those that we disciple. And so my last teaching point, there's a blank there. 
uh, just this is the this is the word that I started with uh, last week. How available are you? Are you available? Uh, Christ, uh, uh, He called these men, and they had to be available. They had to leave some things, and so as we follow Him, we have to leave some things, and uh, in order to follow Him. But uh, are there any other uh, prayer requests? We're going to close up now. We're just a little over an hour. Uh, thanks for dialing in tonight. I know uh, I know there's been several cases of the coronavirus in the nursing home where uh, Rich Hayes' sister works and Natalie. So we'll lift her up. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, we need to pray for our uh, church as uh, we begin opening up our state. And I know that on Friday night, there were a few of our folks that are unemployed right now. And uh, anyway, I know uh, Brother Brian Parent had, has several prayer requests and relatives and loved ones. And so we'll, uh, we'll pray and uh, then we'll close tonight. And uh, we'll plan to do this again next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. So uh, get the word out if you can. I know it's Mother's Day and maybe not many people dialed in. But uh, thank you for those that did. And uh, we're recording it so people can get it on the audio later too. So let's uh, go, Lord, in prayer. Uh, anything further, Angie? Okay. All right, Heavenly Father, uh, we just close in prayer tonight. Uh, thank you for these godly men that you called and that they did follow you all the days of their lives, except for Judas. Help us to never be a Judas. Uh, and Lord, uh, I do lift up uh, Brother Brian and Angie Parent as they heavy-hearted for their uh, son not being able to see him and be with him, and lift up their son Caleb as well that has some legal issues that he's working through, and pray for him and Keely with their uh, uh, new baby, and uh, Father for Rich Hayes, his sister Natalie. I pray for her continued health as she's. Uh, uh, working firsthand with coronavirus patients. Uh, Father, we just uh, close in prayer. Pray, uh, help us to be good followers of you. Help us to be faithful that which is least and uh, make us faithful in much as well. And uh, help us just to be available uh, to witness, to serve you, to uh, disciple others, especially as we see the day approaching. So dismiss us now. Thank you for the journey class that you put me over. Help me to be a good uh, leader and uh, be with all those under my care that, uh, that I can know the state of, my, of the flock. And uh, we love you. Amen. All right, well, I'm going to close off now. We'll hopefully see you next Sunday morning or uh, maybe next Sunday evening. came in after right after you started but Pam Jackson asked to pray for her mom she's in the in the ER